Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters and Century Hardware, your locally owned source for hunting, fishing, and shooting gear in interior Alaska. They sell proven gear that will tackle whatever Alaskan tasks you need it to, and Frontier always stays current with gear for the season. Whether you're baiting bears in the spring, fishing, camping, or dip netting in the summer, you're looking for game bags and moose camp gear in the fall, uh, if you need to stock up on trapping lures or just get everything you need to go ice fishing, they've got you covered. They always carry a wide variety of Alaskan-proven clothing and boots, camping gear, meat processing supplies, guns, ammo, reloading and shooting supplies, as well as camping gear and backpacking food. Downstairs in Century Hardware, you'll find a full hardware store naturally, and uh, you'll also find your snow machine, ATV, marine accessories down there. They go out of their way to stock plenty, plenty of quality, useful equipment. And whether you're gearing up for a hunting or fishing trip, working on a never-ending home improvement project, or anything in between, it's usually a one-stop shop. Frontier Outfitters is located on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, and they have a second location in North Pole, so make sure you stop in next time you need to gear up. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Realtor Rick Lindsay, a guy that can take care of just about any of your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area. Now, the Hedgecock Group has been in Fairbanks North Pole real estate market since the early 80s, and their service is tailored to meet the diverse needs of home buyers in interior Alaska. Now, Rick has lived in Fairbanks for a long time and understands a lot of the less obvious ins and outs of buying and selling property around here. You know, things like water holding tanks and permafrost and all that jazz. Fairbanks is a really unique place to live, and having a realtor that knows what to look for in a quality place can make all the difference. Rick's a Marine Corps veteran and will work hard to get you exactly what you need. And if you're looking to buy or sell real estate in the Fairbanks or North Pole area, reach out to Rick at 907-378-6780. And go check out his Instagram at R-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-113 at rlindsey113. He's really a passionate outdoorsman. He's just like us. He's one of us. And he loves to share his adventures on there. And he's got a pretty a pretty nice cranker of a ram that I'm jealous of. So go check him out. I know there's lots of you out there that dream of moving to Alaska, but it's a big step and can be kind of intimidating. Landing a solid job before you move can make things run a lot smoother, but you might not be sure of the job market or even really where to look. Now, if you're an experienced ASC certified or GM factory trained technician, I've got good news for you. Chevrolet GMC of Fairbanks is looking to hire qualified service department techs, and they've got enough work to keep you pretty much as busy as you want to be. Fairbanks Chevy has a very busy shop, but they allow for flexible scheduling. They offer top market pay rates with paid overtime, a great benefits package with 401k retirement plan with contribution matching. And, you know, for a service tech, you can really make a good solid living. They, they can offer relocation assistance to help get you up here, paid training to get you spun up, and they have a well-lit and well-maintained facility, and these are all things that I mean, help contribute to a great work atmosphere. On top of all that, they make it a priority to allow you to take your vacation time during hunting season, something that is really tough in the, in the service and construction industries here in Fairbanks and can sometimes be a deal-breaker for folks like us. Good help and hard workers are always welcome in Fairbanks, and if this is the opportunity you've been waiting for, apply at FairbanksChevy.com or call their service manager, Rick Lindsay, directly at 907-215-6444. That's how you do it.
All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, and uh, sitting down tonight with uh, Mr. Brett Turbeek is back on the show, and his his oldest son Hunter. It's gonna we're gonna hear do a little. We never we never get tired of sheep hunting. Talk get, get to talk about sheep again. This so, is a good night. Yeah, how convenient is that? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and before I mean before we roll into it, I do uh, I after a lot of nagging. <laughs> that's just fully deserved. I do have another order of hoodies getting made. They should be ready here in a couple weeks and, uh, I'll get them on the website. Um, I'm so done with website stuff. I had to, I just went back and I was like, well, before I get these, I need to make sure like all my, I don't have like more. It's not, I'm not showing more inventory of like stickers and stuff than I actually have. And for some, like none of the stuff was showing up on my, I'm not saying none of the stuff. I would like go look at products on my website and like the import, like the place to adjust inventory and stuff, like wasn't there. I could see that it, the, it exists somewhere in the like internet somewhere, <laughs> but I'm so dumb with that kind of stuff, man. It's you need to be like I don't know. I just I'm very simple. Well, I'm probably one of the people that's been bugging you the most. For, simple uh, Jack, they call me sometimes. <laughs> um, I'm glad. I can't wait to get a sweatshirt here. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it'll be good, and I'm planning on this winter. Like I've been doing better about putting out episodes regularly and uh yeah hopefully get like on a regular i kind of secured actually getting hoodies made locally or printed locally oh nice now so i always did them out of state and that was like pulling teeth dealing with apparel companies remotely but not got what i think will be a pretty good setup here and the good they should be like good quality so yeah anyway stay yeah stay tuned that'll be just on the tundratalkak.com website um yeah. Anyway, so you guys, you guys are back in. You came last last year after your first, like your first sheep hunt, second sheep season in a row. I get to share another story here, so this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very yeah. cool. And uh, you guys, you guys, because you're you're 14, right, Hunter? Yeah. 14. When's your birthday? Uh, January 17th. January 17th. Almost so. 15. Mm-hmm. 15. He's got a couple more years of the youth see How many more youth seasons is he going to milk out? Yeah. Well, that's what I started thinking about when. Uh, <laughs> When we decided to actually do the hunt, I was like, man, I've got four more youth seasons left with Hunter. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's 16, right? Or is it, I, I think it's. You know what? I better check I think on it's that. 16. Yeah, I would check on that. <laughs> <laughs> what I do know is when he shoots a ram in the youth season, that takes my tag. Yeah. So we weren't able to get two, but uh, it was worth it still. So. Yeah. 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 No, I remember when they put, when they, there was some pushback on the youth season. Like initially, I think the worry was that guys were going to like take their young kids and just go blast rams themselves. (laughs) And hopefully that doesn't happen. I think most people are pretty like kind of embrace the spirit of having a given kids or, you know, youth. You're not not too much of a kid. You're like as tall as I am. He's He's bigger than you. (laughs) I know he is. (laughs) But that's what's great about it because, you know, it's the first of August through the fifth and that's pretty awesome time to be out in the uh, in the mountains the weather's like just prime yeah and uh a, a really good good time of year i mean i think it was during our hunt we were there were days at you know 60 70 degrees out there and yeah it was same good, it was uh good mountain weather not for everybody but it was yeah this like me and frank this year it was uh i can't say that i've had much like better i've had there was one of the first time we ever went hunting together i don't think we put the rain gear on at all, but that was like, that was a hot, 
hot weather. This year it was like it was hot. I mean, say hot. It was sunny. Like the sun was hot, but the air tail like it was not too bad. Yeah. You get a little bit of breeze or the air temperature wasn't like terrible, so it wasn't miserable. I'm not a hot weather kind of guy. So you'd say this was one of the better weather seasons. Oh for yeah, you guys probably this year? probably the best. Yeah, I've ever had. Um, I wonder how that correlates with you know ram harvest for the year with the you know the good weather conditions. Yeah, I think it. I think it. Uh, it definitely makes a difference depending on. Um. Yeah, you get good clear weather. I think typically like harvest is higher. Although this year, like it was, it was we did have some days where it was really smoky. And I think it was smoke, like we had those late fires. Usually, it seems like most years, the smoke is pretty much done or or not near as bad by August. But yeah, this year, we had a couple of days where we couldn't see anything. Well, I think it was preventing a lot of guys from flying. A lot flying. of guys from flying. A lot of guys, yeah, I hear about guys getting stuck places. And I mean, if you can't see more than a mile, you're going to have a hard time sheep hunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, unless you just, you know, as we're sitting there. Like sitting there in the smoke, trying to gl- like trying to glass what we can see. You know, you're just like trying to pierce through the smoke, and you see one, and you see one over there, and then when it clears up, you're like, oh yeah, I couldn't see anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you guys have smoke? With- yeah, yeah. You yeah. guys did too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, we uh, we kind of started getting ready for the the sheep season. I actually did not figure out exactly where we're going to go or even put the plan together you know with with being in the army it's a little bit tough sometimes to uh to really pin down the schedule when i finally figured out i was going to be free for the first part of august i think we figured that out in like june time frame we uh we really started putting the plan together to to go hit it hard for the youth season because i don't think i was going to be available for like the right around the 10th or so yeah because you could have done you would have i mean knowing you you would have just soon gone the regular season and Tried to get two. You know, oh, absolutely. Or, yeah, or just made him camp for five more days out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we'll shoot one on the 10th. Yep. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I think we, we really started planning it like June, July time frame. Everything was, was coming together. But kind of like what we, we talked about last year, you know, did I have all the best, you know, greatest gear for Hunter? Absolutely not. He was... <laughs> He's got an army issued rucksack that uh that was probably like made the old Vietnam one. <laughs> the old outback, yeah. Yeah. It actually actually what makes it cool. I'll uh I'll... <laughs> Okay. It's... Don't let me yeah. I didn't know about this, so if I'm Yeah, no, it's it's just funny because of the pictures that we've got. We've got a picture of a ram on this old army rucksack and you know, you got people who who won't go out there if they don't have the new Stone Glacier terminus pack and all that. And, yeah. And we got him out there with a thirty dollar the thirty dollar yeah. pack that you can you can pick up at the surplus store. So yeah, no, that's awesome. It's uh, yeah. There's definitely. I mean, the gear is not like good gear is nice, and uh, which I mean, the other day I was talking to Chuck Gray and talking about they. You know, I mean, all they had was Trapper Nelson pack frames, and it's like oh, you could carry you know your sandwich, you know, your lunch, and some ammo and whatever you know whatever an old pouch and half a sheep or whatever whatever on it but it was pretty pretty brutal yeah <laughs> but there's you you get like yeah there there's definitely the type that's like the the go to the sheep hunting store and there's like a certain kit i guess i would say that's mm-hmm. like standard standard you know popular bro sheep hunter 
Nothing. There's it's all good gear, but yep. Yeah. But that doesn't need to be the reason that you don't go. You no, know? no. And not having the best stuff that should be what that was basically. Yeah, I mean, sim- I didn't go with the army pack, but that's similar <laughs> how I how you started how I started. Just uh, yeah, I roll my eyes now at what I was able to put up with. But uh, well, you were carrying was, cast iron skillets out there. I didn't right? carry cast iron skillet. Nick's misremembering. Oh, he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Krasinski, it was a, it was a small, it was a pan. I did bring a frying pan, but it was like a small, not cast iron frying pan. Hey. And we used it somewhere. I've got pictures of cooking up sheet meat and that, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> I need to quit talking. What were you thinking about all this Hunter? Was this your idea or do you, do you really want to go after seeing his, his sheep last year? Uh, yeah, I kind of started wanting to like shoot a sheep after I saw what he did, but it I was kind of scared because of his story, like having to cross the river and go through all those alder, alders and carrying the heavy packs. So, I, yeah, it was kind of scary, but I wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been, I mean, you've been wrestling for how many years now? Uh, eight. Eight years, yeah. So. Yeah, you're used to getting beat up pretty good. <laughs> so, well, and he he wants to be a Green Beret when he gets older. So I said, there's no better way to to get out there and and test your metal like yeah. sheep hunting especially <laughs> yeah. after our experience last year so i'm actually yeah. surprised he went out there the one stipulation he had was we don't we don't raft across the river this year yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys almost yeah after that story last year oh, it's uh no that's yeah that's that makes me feel better about myself because i've gotten pretty good about sheep hunting and <laughs> you know i guess i would be one of those oh what I can't say nothing about being a green beret, but <laughs> like you, like you can, but that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's right. And, uh, when it's tough for two green berets that went and did it last year. Yeah. Yeah. I when think... you and your buddy showed up, he had this big old black eye. I'm like, what happened? Like, <laughs> what dude did you get in a fight with? <laughs> yep. Went toe to toe with an alder and I'm not sure who won that one still, but actually that buddy of mine, he's looking, thinking about coming up here to Alaska now too. We, we got him. Got him hooked after that sheep hunt, so that's pretty cool. Nice, yeah. The right kind of people, man. It's for the right kind of people. It's yep. hard to hard to get it out of your system once you've once you experience it, it. Yeah, then this place is like is like no other that I've ever been. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, so we started uh, putting putting the plan together midsummer, and we actually went out and shot. You know, with Connor. Oh that yeah. One time when we came and stole your steel. Yep. And uh, Hunter, you were shooting. Really, really well out there. I, I don't remember what rifle Connor's got, but this has got a six-five PRC. Okay, the PRC too. Um, so Hunter was shooting his. He was you're shooting out what five six hundred or so with that hidden steel six-five PRC. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was thinking he was shooting your three hundred. Well, so he he shot Connor's rifle, and then he he got on my three hundred PRC. Oh, gotcha. And uh, was we were shooting at five hundred. I think we had it out at five twenty when we were nice. shooting mine, and he was. He was um, instilling confidence in his abilities out there too, which he's not a. Uh, it's not the first time that he's shot far distances. He he got an antelope in Colorado. It was like probably about five hundred yards. Yeah, and then uh, shot a caribou last year at three hundred and three hundred and twenty or so. I think so. Yeah, so he's been been practicing quite a bit at it, and we we do work a lot at it. But we spent some good time. Getting ready for that this year before we stepped off for the for the hunt too. Nice. So. Did, you, did you do any hiking or just kind of your regular wrestling workout routine? Uh, I wasn't wrestling yet. Oh, gotcha. Not that time. You don't. You're I, not doing it year round. Uh, no. Uh, but I went on a 
hike and put like I think 60 pounds in a in his backpack and just went on a what is it? Yeah, we I think they went out to the Angel Rocks. Angel Rocks. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And there's a 14 year old carrying a 60 pound pack out there with the with the family. So yeah, he he did a little bit of that, but um, didn't really <laughs> didn't, just youth. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Just went out there and uh, and did it. But um, as far as preparation goes, um, that was about it. We didn't get to get too crazy like I did last year and really getting mentally prepped for it. But um, but no. So we took off out there the 28th of, uh, of July mm-hmm. and um, wanted to get in there a few days before the season and uh, make sure that we weren't we weren't crossing any rivers. We had a pretty good plan on how we were going to get in there. Um, so we got into the area. I'm not going to, I won't get too specific <laughs> yeah, about don't. the area, <laughs> but, uh, we did have, we spent uh, quite a few hours that, that first day just hiking up the, uh, up the Creek. And, um, man, we stopped what, after a few hours we stopped, took off our packs and we took a good look up the drainage. We saw a bunch of sheep already. Nice. So it was already a good sign. Um, I think we were, we had probably seen 20 or so ewes and lambs that, yeah. um, when we stopped right up in the Creek and the alders there and, and looking up, looking up the drainage and nice. How'd that, how'd, how'd that feel for you, for you when you, uh, it was a pretty, like, I was getting excited because yeah. we were already seeing, we weren't even up there yet and we were already seeing sheep. Yeah. That's always a, that's always a, an encouraging even if it's using lambs, yeah. you like you know like they exist. Yep, and, <laughs> yep. We're doing something right. Yep. Which I could see when his face when I said when we uh, when I said oh there's there's sheep, he already got excited. Nice. And that's yeah, that's a pretty rewarding feeling. Because let me tell you, you can walk sometimes. Go well. Last year we it took us seven days, like seven straight days of walking before we found a sheep before we found a sheep. <laughs> well, and, and how many miles? Oh, it was, ended up being like 80 miles or something Jeez. ridiculous. Well, so within uh, several miles, we were yeah. seeing sheep right <laughs> off the bat, so that's a good start. But um, we worked we worked the rest of that day just up into uh, the drainage real far and um, got, got camp set up and everything like that and started just, just pulling out the spotter from camp. And he was on the spotter. He was seeing sheep. And, um, and so was I. But just lambs and ewes. Yeah, lambs and ewes all that first day. Um, we had a we had a really nice tent set up too. That was a, just a, one of the big things which you've probably experienced too with with your with Jed. But keeping these kids comfortable is uh, <laughs> is is pretty key. I think I felt like a guide out there the whole time. I was waking up, making him coffee in oh, the mornings. Man. I wasn't making his food necessarily, but uh, make you a cup of cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> But uh, no, we we had a really nice tent set up there too. We got that Hilleberg um, Nalo uh, three, so it's a like a three man. I don't know. It's a three man tent. It's got a really nice vestibule in it. It's a a spot. It's not a light tent. It's not like like that hubba hubba. It's, yeah. Um, I think it's like seven pounds. But for making I got sure heavier tents, I've packed heavier tents than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to keep them comfortable, that's, that's pretty much priceless for me. So, yeah. um, no, I mean for anybody, like just being at, like being, having an air pad, being able to sleep better, like get quality, a little bit of quality sleep. Yep. You know, as opposed to like, 
I can't even hardly sleep in my own bed without feeling like I'm going to fall apart in the morning. <laughs> I know, know how you feel on the backside of 30 here, and I'm yeah. waking up hurting new things every morning. Yeah. So what did he make you carry? I was carrying all my gear, all my like warm stuff. Yeah. And what else did I carry? Your food, maybe? Yep. Yeah, all yeah, my food. food. I didn't make him carry much. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well it was funny because well, it's one... like buy me a better backpack dad and yeah i'll carry, <laughs> carry more stuff if it was uh you know you were carrying the jet boil and mm-hmm. and the coffee and a lot of food and stuff like that too but at one point several days in he looked at me and said what did you say you said dad you're you're moving too slow <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was well, super that w- fun. That would be me too, man. I'm, I'm not very fast. I don't go anywhere at a rapid pace. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, it's just, for me, it's, it's nicer just to go slow. Cause I think we can see the sheep a little bit better too. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're, when you're sweating so hard and breathing so hard that you can't have your head up and your eyes up looking around the mountains, you're probably walking past sheep, right? Yeah. So. I mean, shoot, like it's a regular occurrence to walk right past sheep. We did, <laughs> we did it one day this year. Like middle of the day, walking up a little canyon and turn around, and there's like a lamb and a you like 150 yards away up on the up on the hill looking at us, just walking right <laughs> past. We just him. walked right right past them. Yeah. Yep. Wonder how many rams that happens. A to. lot. <laughs> a lot. I think. Yeah, but uh, no. So that first day we got uh, we got up, got that tent set up, and um, and like we we're saying, glass in there, and just kind of took it easy the rest of that night. Just glass in this whole drainage and. Man, we probably saw 30 or 40 sheep, but all, again, all lambs and ewes. So we kind of put a plan together the next day to uh, to go up and over some pretty sheer terrain so that we could really see the, mm-hmm. the full uh, drainage. Was it kind of country where it was like really tough to see from the bottom? Like where you felt like you had to get up high to see uh-huh. well? Yeah, there was like a, like a creek that went all the way back behind and we had to... We were in like an area where we had to climb up over on top of a mountain to see into this little area. And so that's what we did. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And in this particular area, the mountains are just super tough, super tough climbing, um, very sheer. We'll, we'll talk more about it, but you get cliffed out very, very frequently, yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, so that, that next day, we the second day, we, we, um, we moved up to this pretty high terrain i would say we were probably about six sixty five hundred or so in elevation that's, up that's there. high yeah so it was with without getting all the way to the top of the peak we got pretty darn close to it um and we went as soon as we crested up and we peeked over you could see there were more we just there was sh- just sheep kind of popping up out of everywhere but from this viewpoint we could pretty much see that whole area mm-hmm. throughout there at that point then um so we stayed up there for about, I don't know, four, four or five hours or so, just sitting there glassing, eating some food and, um, seeing what, what other sheep we could see in the area. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're really just look like there's just lambs and ewes in, in there. Um, we weren't seeing anything, any rams period. Um, the, the lamb to you ratio was still pretty good. I would say about, like a third of them, a third oh, of the. That's, that's the really ewes. good. I think they say anything over thirty percent is doing. You're doing really good. 
So hopefully things That's, are yeah. looking good for that area in the future too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that second day was pretty unremarkable. Nothing crazy going on. We just uh, looking looking through area and didn't see a whole lot of, uh, didn't see any rams. Just saw some more sheep. Yeah. So we're we're positive we're seeing sheep, but still no rams. Um. So went back down to to the tent and just kind of glassed again from the tent, watching through the feeding cycle in the evening. Mm-hmm. Nothing new came out. And um, third third day, what did we do on the third day? Uh, we packed up camp and we moved further down the drainage because we like saw that we could see there. Oh, like so, a spot that you'd be able to yeah. get a vantage point from. Mm-hmm. And uh, we moved maybe like two or three miles down the drainage and set up in this new spot. And we saw like two ewes that were just like hanging out pretty close to yeah. our tent. Like 75 oh, yards cool. away. It was really cool. Yep. And... And again, that day we just we only saw those two those two ewes. We didn't see any any new uh, sheep coming out of anywhere. So now we're like we're in day three, and I'm like I'm starting to feel a little bit of pressure. Um, cause, you know we got in there a couple days early because I was yeah. hoping come first of August we can have uh, at least a a, a, a ram, ram in sight. sight, yeah, yeah, or or you know the the day before the season, whatever. Yeah. But um, uh, but yeah, still hadn't seen a single ram yet. Um. So uh, that that third day, we we just saw those two set up camp again, and that again a very kind of a quiet day on that on that third day. But the fourth day was uh, what did you call it? The day of terror. The day of terror. <laughs> so I don't even know if I've heard this whole. Yeah, I don't think I actually have really sat told down and, and told you the story. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the day of the day of terror is pretty <laughs> interesting. But uh, so. This was just a, a perfect example of getting cliffed out over and over and over yeah. again and kind of working your way into a spot where you don't have a whole lot of options to get out of there that are- Like are, going uphill? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it gets more and more precarious the further you go. And that's- So our goal with this state, there's an, a, another drainage that was to the uh, to the west that we were trying to see in because we, we had spent three days looking up this entire drainage mm-hmm. and just- couldn't see any any rams in there so now we're trying to get to this next drainage where it's another long you know six or so mile corridor that we want to look in to see if there's any mm-hmm. rams in there so we're this whole fourth day we tried to get up and over terrain to peek down into this drainage and everywhere we went to try to get up and over was just terrible some of it terrifying <laughs> there was one part where we had gotten ourselves so high and across such precarious terrain that I think we both looked at each other and we're like, why are we doing this right now? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds it, more like mountain goat hunting <laughs> than a lot of sheep hunting. But but I remember thinking his mom's going to kill me if she sees where I have him right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he was feeling the same. Um, but we, we I think we tried three different attempts to get up and over. And then finally... We just we just could not. We finally got to where we could potentially see in it, but there was a mountain that was blocking our view oh, of the whole thing. So was, yeah, it was just a, a whole day of of wasted energy. But um, we were the the tent was up. It's kind of what I I've not been mountain goat hunting, but I was imagining it kind of like that, where you got really grassy slopes, but it's really steep mm-hmm. up those grassy slopes. And as we were <laughs> we were walking back 
we had great weather the whole time, but it started raining on the way back. I'm like, you've got to be kidding oh, me right a now. Slippery. This is going to be super slick trying to climb up there, and I got to do everything I can to make sure Hunter comes back alive. Yeah. So yeah, I remember I, was, I told Hunter, I was like, man, I just said a prayer, like everything would would stay nice and dry, and it seemed like a miracle, but it did. It all that 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 grassy slope stayed nice and dry up there. Nice. So where that get where that like gets real dangerous is. Uh if you're in like September when the, the foliage is like the grass is dying and it can like slip out or, or when it starts freezing hard, turn into a slip like and slide. Like you just can't even, you know, that's where, you know, even if you have like just some micro spikes or something. Yeah. Have you seen those, uh, those black diamond carbon uh, whippets? I think they're called. It's like, like the, uh, the climb. Uh, yeah. They're the hiking sticks. Yeah, Mark, but also Mark got gave the... me one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Real yeah I've got one. Okay. He asked, he asked me. He texts me. He's like, "Do you want to whip it?" I'm like, "What's a whip?" I googled. I was like, "I was like, like this is what they call when you like suck the nitrous out of a whip whipped cream can." Yeah, I guess. Right. I was like, "I don't know. Do I?" Do I? <laughs> so sure, yeah, I'll yeah, take I'll one. Because <laughs> that's exactly who I got mine from. Was from Mark. Nice. He must have a big yeah, stash he must have of them or something. Them. Uh, but yeah, it's like kind of like a, a trekking pole, like a. Super, not a like an ice axe, but not as heavy duty as exactly. an ice axe. It's like perfect for a sheep hunter that yeah. gives you like another fifth point of performance when yeah. you're out there, um, you know, trying to ascend some of these really terrible slopes that we were on. So, um, that that was really handy to have out there too and gives you a little bit more confidence. But, uh, yeah, that the day of terror, we were happy when that was over and we just just totally exhausted, crashed in the tent that night. And yeah. Eating some food. Did uh, you have some trekking poles or anything? Uh, yeah, it's like nice. these. I don't know. What were they? they're like Alpine something. They're like super, like a Walmart special, basically. Oh. Very, very cheap climbing uh, or uh, hiking poles. Yeah. But yeah, nothing crazy. Again, yeah, you don't need all the best stuff, but no. it'll, it'll work. He was. He did have a really good set of pants. I was wearing some uh, first light pants that I got like three three gashes right through my rear when we were down yeah. down climbing on these rocks but his his stone glacier to Havilland pants those were money i've been using the same pair i've been wearing those i've been using the same pair for three years sheep hunting have you i have one hole like one hole in them where it was a you know like god it was going crashing through a burn like through brush and a burn and um on the little pecker pole spruces that have like the, the limbs snap off and there's just a little sharp oh yeah like thorn just waiting to grab you that that poked a hole through them but yeah i've been they're a little hot but you can unzip you know mm-hmm. unzip them but they're really nice tough pants yeah you sweating them enough you could stand them up <laughs> but <laughs> i had to uh yeah i had to wash mine by the time we were done <laughs> wash them in a creek and let them dry out that's that's funny. Yeah, I like the uh, the zippers on the side of them. They air out really nicely. Even in July, you know, July early August, they weren't you weren't overheating in them, were you? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, those are nice. Um, but so we decided that day after we got back, we were going to make a play to get into this other drainage. Yeah, but it was just going to be a huge movement. So would you have to like go all the way out that and then cross, you know, cross exactly over, what we had cross to do. over to the next drainage. Yep. Yep. So it ended up being just a super long day. We didn't, we got up early, started the hike and did that, you know, big old, you know, button hook around different drainages and, uh, up into this drainage on the fifth day. Um, and 
when we finally got up to a, a pretty sweet spot to camp. It was beautiful, grassy. Um, it was one of the most beautiful campsites that you could ever imagine. And um, I just let Hunter kind of chill. He needed to read some read a book for school, so I just oh. let him <laughs> sit in the tent and read a book while I climbed up a little bit higher just to see what yeah, he's uh, got it figured out yeah this is perfect <laughs> yeah really <laughs> really took advantage of guiding dad but, <laughs> uh, but when i got up when i got up to the uh the the, the elevation up there um just a bunch more bunch more ewes and lambs oh man i think we saw another about 15 or 20 up up at the top there and um and it's like, well, all right, we just got more. We'll just work our, continue to slowly. We've got, we had plenty of time still. Yeah. I think we took, um, cause you guys left, went a couple days early. So you yep. still had two or three days left. And then there's, point. yeah, five days of the season. So, yep. um, we had plenty of time still. We just, Hey, we'll just take it nice and slow up this mm-hmm. drainage and, and make sure we, we work through a couple feeding cycles and, um, yeah, just play it by ear. So, um, Went to bed that night, still pretty optimistic, but had beaten up all of our, both of our energy stores quite a bit. So, you know, we're already, we're on day six now and, uh, and still had not seen a ram. Yeah. So that's where it starts. It can start getting real tough. I couldn't. As far as like the separation between before you kill a sheep, after you kill a sheep, after like you get to a week without seeing at least one like potential shooter or, or, you know, like a good ram. Like it's pretty, pretty discouraging. That's uh, to me, that's the hardest just keeping going and keeping after it is like the, you know, when it gets hard like that, or when you haven't seen one yep. at all or in a long time is like the toughest yeah, part. It's, it's, it's not, a, it's not necessarily it's physically game. that any different, but yeah, just not giving up. Yep. And that was actually a really good point too. Cause I don't remember what day it was. It might have been the fifth day or the sixth day where I, I looked at him and I said, I just want to make sure because, you know, yeah. taking these kids out there, you want to make sure that the most important thing is, you know, they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that he's having a good time. And I asked him if, hey, we can always, you know, back out of this and go do a caribou hunt or something like that. It's just something that would be um, – I just – just giving him some options. You're not drill sergeanting him like the guy that only will let his kid shoot iron sights. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but he, I mean, he looked at me and said, "No, I want to get, I want to kill a ram." So, um, I was proud of him at that point. That yeah. filled, that filled my heart up right oh, there. Yeah. Um, what were you feeling like at this point? Uh, I was pretty discouraged. Like it was tempting to say yes to the caribou hunt because that'd be easier. Yeah, but. It was, I was really hoping we'd see a sheep soon, that we could shoot. Yep. yep. I say you, the only way to not, for sure, not get one is to pack it up and mm-hmm. go home. Yep. Yep. And you've already done the caribou thing. So, um, I was just, I was really impressed that he set a goal and he went, went to achieve it and there wasn't going to be anything that, that distracted him from that. So that was cool. I was proud of you for that. But, um, so that six day we woke up and I could tell, I mean, he was, he's still, uh, you know, fighting it a little bit. I said, all right, let's kind of take it easy in the morning. Right. Mm -hmm. I said, let's take it easy. Um, there's this little tucked away bowl that the only part of this drainage that we couldn't see into. Mm -hmm. Um, it was kind of similar to the story that I, you know, shared about my sheep last year is, um, just 
Rams like to hang out in these tucked away bowls and just happen to see. That's where I found my Ram last year. After you passed up like a couple After stompers. Pop- <laughs> <laughs> Only one 40 incher. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I said, all right, you just hang out in the tent and I'm going to go hike up. It was about a thousand, a thousand feet or so of elevation gain. I'm going to hike up there and just see if there's anything, anything in there. But what I want you to do is you peek your head out of that tent every 15 minutes. And if I start making a spiral, you know, motion alongside of my head here, I want you to make eye contact with me and you need to grab the rifle and come up to me. Yep. (laughs) So, so I took off and, um, about 45 minutes to an hour of hiking up this, um, this pretty steep, uh, bouldery terrain. I uh, got right up to where I could finally peek down in the bowl and I peeked up and up right up and over the ledge, two rams right there. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) That feels good too. (laughs) Oh, like it's one thing to, to like, you know, be doing this for yourself. It's a totally separate thing trying to get, you know, catch your kid on, on a sheep. And there's just a lot, a lot of pressure to it too. Oh yeah. Um, but the relief that I felt when I saw, I saw a couple of rams like, all right, at least we're seeing something here. So then I put, um, put the binos on. I was like, Oh, there's at least a, like they're like potentials. They're potentials. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I wasn't, um, I think I was going really light. I may, I don't think I brought the spotting scope up there Mm -hmm. even. I just brought my, you just wanted to see what was up. Exactly. Um, so then I snuck back down below the, uh, the ridge and I'm all right. He's, he's supposed to look at me every 15 minutes, right? (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) I can see that one coming. So I wait 15 minutes looking at the tent crickets, nothing. 30 minutes goes by still doesn't stick his head out the tent. And, uh, so at this point I'm like, all right, we're not, I'm going down. (laughs) (laughs) Were so, you sleeping or I was actually reading, my reading? Book. Oh man! So he was actually doing the right thing. But uh, what did you think when I uh, finally ran back down and opened up the tent? I thought you were joking because <laughs> I, I didn't. I don't really know what I expected you to do if you saw a sheep, but you came down and like, hey, there's sheep up sheep up there. <laughs> Does he mess with you sometimes? Uh, not usually with hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's pretty true. I mess with you a lot of things, but hunting, I, I, I think we take pretty seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but no, so he we grabbed the rifle and and then headed back up there and uh, got back up. And I was wondering, you know, are they still still going to be in there? Because now it's it's probably an hour and a half, two hours yeah. after I originally saw them. And um, so we crawled up there and peeked up and over and. The, the rams were both still sitting right there. Um, so I got him, you know, sitting on the rifle there and just looking up, up and over the ledge. Well, and this is actually um, a really good point too, because I was going to, I was going to tell you about this, but um, I've got an angled um, Suaro okay. spotter this year. Got rid of that Vortex one for the last AT, year. Is it the uh, ATS? ATS. The little bit older ones, but yep. yeah, they're great. It was it was great, but it was it was angled, yeah. and I was concerned because now I had to I had to be almost two maybe two and a half feet above the above skyline above the yeah. skyline, which is just a terrible spot. Have you ever? Have yourself. you ever? Well, I imagine it could just be like horrible on your neck. I've heard of guys like turning them sideways or like kind of upside down. I've to heard look, of, but that would probably 
be, be di- probably not be great. Yeah, what I I just tried to move as slowly as possible, yeah. and um, they never were they like kind of bedded facing towards you, or maybe you told me that, and I nope, they just were glazed over. But. They were betting, uh, just looking and just yeah. off in much different directions, and they we were well above them. Nice. So um, they weren't they were not looking up above to mm-hmm. see us. So yeah, we just kind of slowly got set up there. And um, I think Hunter probably expected, and you can correct me, but Hunter probably expected that we were just going to get up there and we're going to just go shoot a ram right away. <laughs> and um, instead, I ended up looking at this ram for about three hours in the spotting scope. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, you've seen seen the sheep, but um, he, looking at both the rams, there was, it's definitely not a full curl. Mm-hmm. And he definitely does not have, um, he's not double broomed. Yeah. So then I'm left to, with the only other criteria left, which is aging, you know, the sheep based off of annuli. And um, that's never, as as it being my second year of sheep hunting, that's not really where I wanted to find myself uh, this year was, was aging them based off of that. But that was what, what we had. So... Um, and, and kind of similar to last year too, we were slightly above them. So it was just, they're just tougher to judge from, from slightly above too. Yeah. It's, you really got to get, I mean, from full, for a full curl look, you real and it depends on the Ram too. You really got to get like just the right, you know, level, a level look at them by the, it depends. Cause there's like three, basically three different ways a Ram can be full curl. Um, so yeah, it takes the right look at them and, uh. And what I was going to say, I wasn't going to scold you for aging him, but it, it is like a, it is a, like a very tedious thing that most people should not be doing, but you have like studied really hard and like looked at lots and lots of horns. You yep. Know. Yep. And, uh, when I was out there with the, the guidebook, uh, or the, the instruction book from ADF and G, uh, last year. Yeah. That, that was because you, you, yeah, you were, and you were passing up Rams last year that were retarded <laughs> that were <Big>. huge <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah but uh so the, so just that to like establish you're not just like willy-nilly doing this no no and um you know we've we've definitely chatted quite a bit about it and i've i think it was frank who said it last year too but you know every single sheep that i look at i i try to age and i obviously no mm-hmm. one's perfect in it but if if I wasn't 100% certain, I, I wouldn't have made the decision that I did. Yeah. And that's why it took me three hours to, to really make the decision. We were, I was able to see that on, on the left side, I was pretty sure I could identify um, all eight annuli. Mm-hmm. But when at one point he laid down his head in the sun um, and I could see just every annuli just, just pop yeah. really nicely. And, um, and I could see that that eighth um, annuli right towards the base as well. Mm -hmm. So I could see perfectly symmetric rings on both sides, kind of ruling out the, uh, the false annuli possibility at that point. Well, and that's like, and what I think people might confuse is there's people that'll look at a sheep for hours, like trying to make them legal when everything is saying that they're not, but you're like looking at every angle of this, looking for, looking for like an angle or a clear view that shows you that he's not like you're looking for. It's almost like looking for an excuse not to shoot him. Yeah. If that may not excuse not to shoot him, but not like 
Does that make? Nope. Maybe, I know exactly. Maybe I sound nope. Just ridiculous. But you're yeah. You're you're kind of you're not tr- trying to make them something they're not. You're just trying to ensure there's no possible way they're not something that you think they are. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why comparing, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but comparing both the the uh, the sides of uh, of the ram like that. It, I was able to do that last year and again this year, and that helps help me feel more comfortable that we're not seeing kind of the same or differences on both sides to make you think that you're aging yeah. it improperly. Yep. Um, yep. And like discount, you know, I tell people, cause I, I mean, I just think it's a good practice to try to age, age sheep, you know, whether if it's a ram that you're know you're going to shoot on full cur- or whatever the case, it's, it's, helpful to try to age them just for the practice you know to like know what you're know what you're shooting or in the case of you know maybe if there's a ram that yeah you know for sure he's full curl but you're like i don't want to shoot another if you if i shoot another seven-year-old i hope he's a whopper like because i just don't want to because there's just young a little bit younger rams i'd want to keep it at eight for myself and older but uh i don't know where i was going with that somewhere good it just happens to me all the time. I lose just it disappears on me. But um Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I lost yeah, lost my train of thought. But um Well I was, something to do something to do with aging them. But I like yeah, every ram I look at, it's nice to try to age them and then also like compare them to other sheep. Yeah. Like this the ram I killed this year, I didn't have and I I think he's full curl on the left. He has like a weird really weird kind of a strange, like super deep dropping and then spits out to the side yeah, growth where it's like on, the, on his left horn, like I call, I'd say he's full curl, but, um, the final look we had at him, it's like 300 yards and I, it was just not a good look, but he's right next to a Ram that I could clearly see is seven years old. I'm like, yeah, like everything about this other Ram is like a hundred percent that that's at least an eight-year-old, probably nine-year-old ram, and that's what he ended up being. Then that's where you're going to build know, that so confidence. So it's not like them guessing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And 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 that's really what I, I mean. I, I just did not want to make any mistakes, for mm-hmm. sure. And yeah. um, when we got a you know 14-year-old, that's a great way to, to just ruin it forever for somebody yeah. when you have something like that happen. So I, what, what were you thinking – as the hours ticked by while dad is, did he let uh, you look at him at all <laughs> uh not, not really i was just looking at him through the looking at him yeah. through the binos and and they were how far away like 300 yards 330 nice. yards 330 yards yep yep yeah you get good light and you especially you get time to look at them in good light conditions especially if they're like some rams are tough to age on the hoof that ram is pretty pretty clear yeah looking at the photos anyway yep yep um yeah, so Hunter was just being patient with me, and uh, I could tell he was he was a little bit he was, you know, just getting uh, excited about the whole situation. Yeah. So, um, but finally, after like I said, after he laid his head down, and um, and everything just popped beautifully in the sunlight there. Um, that's when I gave you the thumbs up, right? <laughs> yeah. So what'd you think when I gave you the, the thumbs up to to shoot? I was. Starting to get really excited. And Getting a little jittery nervous, there when it, once it became real. Yeah. That's a weird, it's a very, that, I don't know, it's one of those few, like, few feelings that just never, it's always as exciting as like the first one when you're finally like, I mean, and it was, uh, this year ours, you know, I mean, I've killed a pile of sheep, but after going dry for a couple of years, 
you know, finally you're on them. It's like, all right, all I have to do is shoot the sheep now. Yep. Like, it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Do you have to, do you calm yourself down a little bit, build a, build a good position? Yeah, they didn't, after you gave it, gave me a thumbs up, they didn't move for a little bit. So I was able to like calm down and like get my nerves under control. And then they, uh, they both stood up and they started walking down off this little like hill they were on and he's perfectly broadside. And so I lined it, lined it up and shot him. Bam. Perfect shot. Nice. Yep. That 300, 300 PRC. Is PRC perfect RAM cartridge? Uh, it could be, man. It's like a pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good, pretty good round. I still don't have one, but like they're, 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 it's a cool, cool cartridge. It's a, I think it's another just a great utility cartridge for oh, yeah. the state of Alaska too. So, um, yeah. It, well, people, you know, and I, maybe I was first because when I, when I remember first, you know, it first came out. Um, our shooting editor, who I was actually on the last episode, John Snow, that I was hanging out with last week, he uh, he had. I remember a story he did. He had like a you know a nice custom rifle built. The story was like you know like the mile gun or or whatever. Because I mean that's kind of that that whole cartridge is designed around shooting a very heavy bullet you know efficiently and. That, uh, but you like I, I remember getting the impression, oh man, that thing's got to be just brutal, or one of those cartridges that like it's just pointless to use it without a break. But that's not really the case. Nope. And I, actually, I just had my wife out shooting this weekend that 300 PRC without the break, and um, and she was doing fantastic with it. So nice. Yep. Yep. I love that. Love that rifle, and it mines the uh, the Christensen Ridgeline. Yeah. So. Yeah, those are I've I've. Had a was it a couple of the ridge lines. I had a ridge line in the titanium one in three hundred eight last year, and that was a pretty good shooting gun. Was it? Um, that was beautiful. I remember yeah. holding it too. They've got it back now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep them all, but uh, yeah, no, those are cool. Well, my I was just shooting my uh, three thirty eight Lapua the other day. Uh, that's a Christensen MPR, which for a three thirty eight, it's like it's a big gun, but for a three thirty eight Lapua, like it's pretty light, like it's pretty. Pretty slim line. Like How much is it? I don't know. I mean, probably that Night Force like ATACR is like like as heavy as half as heavy as the gun is. <laughs> but uh, like compared to one of those, you know, like an AI or one of the Sockos, it's not heavy. But uh, I had to go just get some factory load accuracy data for a story I'm working on. Oh, nice. Uh, just to have a little bit more of like actual concrete concrete stuff but i don't shoot the lapu the 338 without without, <laughs> with, without a suppress i don't even shoot with a brake anymore because i hate those stupid things but i got one of my can my silencer co hybrid 46 i just got a uh I, that's rated up to the 338 lapu and so i put that on there and it's still like bucks pretty good so i put they have a uh like a brake end cap for it and that really tames it down and then it it doesn't kick bad, and you got um, – it's just – it's easier to shoot a high volume, like shoot a lot of shots through it when it's just not beating you beating you up oh, and yeah, knocking you out of position. Fun. And uh, and it's – you don't get like just an insane – it's like a mini a mini 50 cal almost, <laughs> like the, the, the way that like the shoulder dimensions and angles and stuff. It's like a – like feels like holding a little mini 50 cal. Oh, that's awesome. But uh, 
I won't yeah. be taking that sheep hunting. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's what, probably what the 300 PRC comes down to. It's definitely overgunned for for sheep. Yeah, but, but it's also it's also like not immune, but the 300 PRC with which what bullets are you shooting in it? The 212 grain ELDX. Yeah, the, two, the two twelves out of that are so resistant to wind. Yeah, like wind and conditions. You know, it's just you. You know, the six fives are great at that too, but that. 30 cal 212 is a really good bullet for that and then ultimately like if he's shooting it good if you know my wife's shooting it well if if you know i'm shooting it as well as as well he's um he's confident that's what we're taking yeah so oh yeah yeah and it did the trick one shot sheep was down two rams uh, with two shots in that gun huh yeah yep that's right um yeah so what'd you think after after yeah what'd you feel what'd you feel not to get too touchy yeah here (laughs) <laughs> when he when that ram crump crumpled or I'm assuming crum, I'm assuming crumpled pretty quickly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty excited, and uh, I mean we didn't celebrate yet because we a little nervous. To, <laughs> yeah, we had to check to make sure he was legal because it was close, and so we went down there and yeah, that doesn't go away. Yeah, we were all super excited, but there's still, you know, the nervousness of when you're going up there. Did I see everything just exactly as I thought I did yeah. for the last three hours? For me, it's all, yeah, it's it's like that. I mean, even this one for me, it's like you feel like you're, you're absolutely sure enough to shoot. But yep. once you pull the trigger, you're like, okay, it's serious now. Like, I hope I didn't shoot the wrong one or, yep. you know, even, yeah, it's, it just, that doesn't go away. And, um, I mean, unless you're shooting Ram, like Frank was shooting and then, you know, like there's, (laughs) then you're just excited to run, you know, yeah. Um, but no, as soon as, um, as soon as we got up to the Ram, I was able to do the exact same thing that I actually was doing through the spotter. And it was, it was obvious. I don't, I mean, you've seen the, seen the Ram too. Yeah. You brought the horns over. I, uh, yeah. As soon as I was like, bring that thing over, you know, as soon as you get back to town and yeah, it was pretty easy. Yep. Pretty easy pretty eight year old. Clear eight. Yep. Um Yeah. So then you actually got to put your hands on the sheep. What'd you think of that? It was pretty cool. It was like I don't know. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> the culmination of all your work was right mm-hmm. there in front of you. Yeah. And um even cooler, like you set the goals and you didn't you had the opportunity to back out, but yet you still did it anyways and um and you were rewarded. So yeah, it was, that was pretty cool. Um and actually we we got in the middle of a of a of a rainstorm right after he finally right after he shot the shot. ramp. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So instead of actually, you know, going in um quartering him out and, and, and caping him out and everything like that, we actually hung out under a rock and that's I think when I was <laughs> texting you on the inreach oh yeah I, yeah texting uh texting his mom and um uh, yeah we were already celebrating under the rock before the, the ram was still whole sitting there waiting nice. for us so yeah that's yep. yeah um that's kind of special to me always like that like the little bit of time before you cut them up you know i just like looking at them it's like that's yep just a short amount of time for the they've got to be like cut up and thrown in and i tend to hurry like i tend to yeah you know, like you got you got stuff to stuff to do places to be you know you, yep. as soon as you like the quicker you can get that thing taken apart the quicker you can get off the you know hill or to whatever the next yeah ne- next task you is. never know what weather's coming in you know and it's and it's pretty diligent work i mean like 
Yeah, it was a few hours, I don't know, maybe three hours cutting up Frank and I's sheep. We got a pretty good system, but it's it's like, yeah, once you once you start putting the knife to them, it's all about it's all work again. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you were saying though, I mean, these are just such special animals. It's you're you get such short periods of time in your life with you know such incredible animals, yeah. and before you're cutting them up, it's it's really fun just to appreciate them a little bit. So. Um, yeah, so we we really we tried to do that. Take we took a ton of pictures, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, it's kind of celebrated. So, um, but he couldn't have. I don't even want to tell people how um, how spoiled he is with the, like the locations that we we killed this ram because it, it was only we were less than it was a downhill hike less than a mile back to the tent. He, I mean, the ram died in a beautiful flat yeah. grassy area. <laughs> Um, so anyways, we, we cut up the Ram and, uh, got them all loaded back up, put his, put the horns nicely on Hunter's, uh, army issued rucksack. And, uh, I think that's probably the coolest picture you could ever get on one of those army issued rucksacks. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) But, um, got everything back to the tent. We enjoyed our celebratory, um, ice cream sandwiches that we've been saving to oh man you guys did that too huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> every year i don't but frank always brings one of them one of the the astronaut ice cream sandwiches does he i didn't even ask about it and then we get back to the tent that night he break after killing our sheep he broke broke it out oh that's awesome i'm glad we're not the only ones doing that because <laughs> 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 we, we said we're not going to eat it until we get get that ram down and we looked at each other and looked at those ice cream sandwiches almost every day <laughs> um but this is what I mean about how spoiled he was because it was, it was a very short walk. It was a very different walk than you had last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no rushing rivers that are trying to to drown you. Nope. It was, it was a nice walk downhill back, and uh, when we got back to the truck, that was a pretty incredible feeling, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, let's go get some food. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what we did. Went and got some pizza and uh, and uh, made our way back into town. And actually, yeah, the next day I, I brought it over and, and had you take a look at it and brought him in and, and and he got aged. And they did. They said exactly that. Had aged him at eight. Um, and as far as I could tell, it was the first sheep that was brought in of the year. Nice. So that's that awesome. was also really cool. Well, and he was a lot heavier sheep than he looks like in the pictures too. In some places, like sheep grow like that. Like you get a big, heavy, mature ram that's sometimes not even close to full curl. Yeah. And I think that was, because his bases, I think we measured him at 13 and a half. Yeah, that's a good-sized sheep. So great bases. Um, I don't remember exact length, but it was it was nothing crazy. It was like probably 34, 35, yeah, something yeah, like, like pretty, that. Yeah, pretty average on length for yeah. for an eight-year-old. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good ram. But for, I was kind of like, wow, when you brought it over and actually I got to see how how heavy he was yeah sometimes from a picture it's hard to it's hard to tell but yeah that food reminded me when i i probably told i'm sure i've told the story when i killed that ram in toke i was by myself and i got weathered i was like killed him right up on top up in a saddle basically like they were I climb, was climbing up to start moving out of Ridgeland to go after some rams I'd seen and get a look, closer look at them, and they kind of met me in that saddle. Anyway, killed him, and uh, there was, yeah, it took me, 
one whole day of walk or I was weathered in all morning. And then like the afternoon, like I walked all till the evening to get down under drainage. And then the next day I'm like, all right, I'll get back to my four wheeler about 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. I'll be, be out pizza for lunch, pizza for lunch or yeah. Be eating at fast Eddie's and toke for lunch. And, uh, then my four wheeler started like crapping out and giving me, it was my, my, uh, little brain the the speedometer cluster is like the brain of those four wheelers did you say it got wet or something well yeah and it had had a little crack in the in the cover for a while but just that trip was enough sitting in the rain and it started like wait like giving me over it was saying it was overheating and stuff and i'm like what the heck man like it doesn't feel that hot it doesn't seem like but it i limped and long and yeah i didn't get out till like midnight (laughs) but um yeah yeah no that uh no that's awesome man i'm i'm happy to yeah happy to hear was such a cool trip and everything just like you got it's an ideal i think like an ideal sheep hunt is a few days of like beating your head against the wall being like some adversity yep you get just long enough to where you're like "Ah, i don't know you know because you're always like you're trying to make the right decisions and you know, you only have so much time left and yeah, nope. That was the, uh, the situation here. I think he had the full, full spectrum of emotions that he got to go through and, mm-hmm. and even better to, to walk off the, the mountains with a ram on his back. So pretty darn special. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, it's, I, it's, uh, what I was going to say is, you know, I've always felt without getting real sappy here as long as you don't cry (laughs) (laughs) i've always just had uh you know a special relationship with with hunter and kane in particular um and not to single them two out but i mean i deployed nine different times and every single time they they were you know dealing with that and Mm -hmm. um some of the other kids they they don't even have recollections of me you know Being being gone all those months and all those years of their lives but I remember at one point I had missed, uh, I think nine of his first 12 birthdays. So, um, getting to have these kind of times together in the mountains is, uh, is really, really special. So, yeah. And it's not like Skype home every day type of deployments. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, actually, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I actually got blown up on his birthday. Oh man. So yeah. Was that the one where you, the, where you did get blown up? Cause there was one you were telling me where you're. The other guy on your team's like, yeah, we shouldn't go in that building or something like that. And then it blew up. Yeah. Yeah. That was that, that day. That was that day. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that, that story? I don't, maybe you did. I don't know. If, but I just remember you telling me that your buddy was like, nah, I shouldn't. He was like a yeah. Jersey Shore. Yeah. That's guy. him. <laughs> that's TJ. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, we, um, I mean, this isn't really like a, this, I guess it's a little bit of a hunting story, but yeah, it's. I mean. <laughs> we talk about crap in our pants and yeah that's right so um and so we we had our my last deployment to afghanistan was 1718 and um and we had so i was the the intelligence sergeant for the team and you know my job is to f- pick the targets that we go hit and mm-hmm. then um so that's my day job but then at night i got to put on the assault cell leader hat and, and take my Afghan commandos and, um, with, with the rest of my team and, you know, actually go hit the, these targets that we had spent such a long time researching. And, um, so 
on it was the night of the 16th going into the 17th i i believe um we were in southern afghanistan down in helmand province and uh, the village was uh, it was nauzad district and the taliban had actually owned the district and so our goal was just to go in there and and, and kick them out of the district yeah. for the day run up the afghan flag and put that up and that's and, a politically correct way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we absolutely did just that, too. When we we landed, we had three different um, uh, special forces, operational detachment alphas, so ODAs. Um, they're 12-man teams that we had had the, the village surrounded from three different sides with um, – we had somewhere around 200 or so soldiers on the ground with Afghans and, and then, you, you know, U.S. special forces. And uh, – so as soon as we landed, we landed in these uh, these Chinook helicopters and got off. And as soon as we landed, I, I look at we we'll look at the commander, and he's already working um, an air to ground for for dudes that were were running around in the village. Mm. And um, so you know, with I don't care about political correctness, the cockroaches are running yeah. around town, and um, and so. We had AC-130 circling overhead. That's a, like a, a fixed-wing gunship, basically. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yep. So that's uh, C-130 with with guns sticking out everywhere, and um, and I just remember the the smile on my face as I had as we're walking up to this target, and they're just dropping bombs everywhere <laughs> in front of us, and we're just watching. It's like the most beautiful fireworks display of American firepower right in front of you. It's it's a thing of glory. Um, so we, we killed 12 Taliban as we're walking in, uh, just from AC-130 alone. And um, um, my, my assault cell was specifically charged with clearing this Taliban prison where we thought they had a bunch of um, um, like Afghan National Army folks or Afghan National Police officers. Mm-hmm. Who, that was what we assessed was in there. And so I took my assault cell. We cleared cleared in there and um um actually found 12 prisoners in there you'd never believe the looks on their faces when they saw us they were so happy they like (laughs) they just they never wanted to let you go they were like giving you hugs and everything like that was pretty rewarding feeling to go let set those guys free and so we got them um they were all chained up and we kind of brought them back to where our our commander was and uh, and left them there, and then we set up our fighting positions because that was generally what we did. We just set up, get our fighting positions, and just stay there all day and fight. And it was a really good recipe for for killing a lot of bad dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's what we did. We uh, we just set up a bunch of sandbags and and got ready to fight. Well, it was pretty interesting. Um, as the day progressed you could start to see indicators that there was a lot of ieds all over town yeah um but we got a call over the radio that um one of the odas that were to our north had gotten hit and two americans were crushed in a secondary explosion Mm -hmm. and um so that was uh two guys luke and andrew we saw the 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 medevac come over and pick them them up and and evac them out um they had some pretty significant injuries but both of them survived thankfully um, but as soon as light came up, that was usually when, you know, stand two is, is, you know, right in the morning like that. That's usually when, when we would start having just rounds start snapping overhead and the fight would, would often take off. Yeah. But when the, when the sun came up in the morning, it was actually pretty quiet and we're like, did we kill everybody when we came yeah. in? <laughs> um, so it was, it was pretty quiet out, but, um, 
my team sergeant was never his like it was like you were just talking earlier he's the the dude who wears pink uh pink polo sh- t- you know polo shirts but just loves to uh to kill bad guys and uh from from new jersey and yeah, yeah just an awesome awesome team sergeant could never imagine a better leader but he's he was never one just to sit and if things weren't happening we were gonna we we're gonna take the fight to the enemy mm-hmm. so he uh he had me come get um, my assault cell ready to to go further into the bazaar to see if we could kind of pick a fight since mm-hmm. there was no fights coming to us. Um, well, you could see as we started to move into the bazaar, there was this bright red rock, and my language was was Arabic in in. Um, when I was on a team, but, um, in Arabic, you could see it's, it's the same in Dari and Pashtun. It said danger in Arabic yeah. written on the wall. You can see the red rock there. It's like, well, there's obviously an IED, um, there, but we continued kind of a big loop around that. And we got to this two story building and we had one of the guys that we rolled up the night before that was walking with us. And he pointed to it. He said, Hey, that's the Taliban headquarters. I'm like, all right. Um, so I looked at my, my team sergeant right then and uh, I was like, Hey, you want to go, go clear into this building? And, um, and he looked at me and I still have no idea why he said no. Um, he said, no, let's go, let's go push further into the bazaar and we'll come, come back to it. But the, the wild part is I was able, able to piece this together, um, about seven days later, cause seven days later we, uh, my team got blown up again mm-hmm. and then one of my buddies lost his leg um, seven days later. Well, um, our wives kind of got together and went over to Matt's Matt's wife's house. He's the guy who lost his leg, and and uh, my wife asked me at the time, like, how often do you guys get blown up? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, we were able to piece this together. But um, it turns out, back in the United States, she like she like wakes up in the middle of the night with just like this overwhelming like pressure that she needed to pray for us and this never happened to her before yeah but uh she she did well um (laughs) meanwhile back in the bazaar we uh we were just pushing just past this building and then that was like the last thing i remembered for a split second was it was just a huge concussion and a blast and and you know all the guys are just flying in all kinds of directions and um yeah, it was like one of those times that it happened in a second, but it like it felt like your whole life flashes before yeah. your eyes while you're <laughs> while yeah. while the, you're you know you're flying through the air. But um, as the uh, the dust kind of started settling, it it was um, my the the commander said I thought half my team was dead. But um, as the dust starts settling, I look and like I see you know TJ, I see Andrew, I see Matt, I see you know the rest of my teammates. They're all like they're all actually up on a knee and um you know miraculously we got some headaches got some seeing yeah. some stars and stuff yeah. like that but um it's kind of a miracle in in my opinion but um we i i remember looking over at tj i'm like hey you uh you want to go get our get our lives together here real quick before we push any further <laughs> yeah. he's like yeah let's do that <laughs> um but no, the end of the the op. I'll, I can share some more of this off, maybe more offline. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we ended up finding the two guys that uh, that that set off the IED and we killed them. So yeah. uh, that was a it was a good good conclusion, a, a big win definitely. And uh, we got to take those those twelve prisoners back to um, back to Kandahar at the time and and get them set free and reunited with their families and stuff. So pretty neat. But I guess the big takeaway. Um, 
it's just it's special for me number one to not have to um, get have him and and the family get a phone call that dad didn't make it home on his birthday yeah and um and it's really just special to be able to take them out and, and do all those kind of things that i wasn't able to do for for so long with them so oh yeah when you're in the right place for it now too yeah yeah absolutely yep well, so what are your thoughts on on alaska hunter uh i like it it's <laughs> better than uh Colorado. Yes. <laughs> I grew up in Colorado. I don't know if you knew, so. Yeah, Tyler always talks about how the fishing is so good in Colorado. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, fishing obsessed as a kid. My dad would always just be like, this is terrible. This is horrible, you know, because he, he grew up here and was yeah. always telling us how, how good the fishing was. And I'm not even really a fisherman. I just kind of like fishing. Yeah. But. But, I mean, the fishing here is incredible, too. You know, we're pulling some sweet pike out of the ice this last year. The kids always just go down to Valdez and just go yep. crazy on the pink salmon. Yep. I mean, every single cast they're they're pulling well, in. Especially, yeah, just catching fish is fun for a kid. Like, even, even just going out to some of these local lakes, ice fishing, you yeah. know, as a kid, as me as a kid, I would have not even, not known what to do with myself. Yeah. So... Yep, these kids, they've got it pretty darn good. Yeah. Killing sheep at 14 years old when a 65-year-old saves up his whole life to come come do something like this. Yep, do as much of it as you can, mm. which it like kind of, it's kind of sw- switches gears. I, uh, I hadn't really, because I only have so much energy to spend following stuff. Um, there was, uh, luckily, someone messaged me the other night, and I guess the comic period's closed now, but like the board of game... For their 2024 stuff, but this, they're, I mean, they're going to be dealing with a lot of dumb proposals on cheap just because, uh, frankly, like there's a lot of people, I mean, the, the cheap situation sucks yeah. as in general, but I think people want to push all kinds of buttons that they think are going to be a quick solution and there's not going to be any, like, there's just no quick solution to be had. They've got to, it's going to take time for populations to recover in general my big my big worry is just like is us losing the opportunity to go look for you know to go look for them and and try them i mean i'm pretty after talking to like well even before talking to to wayneheimer like i mean i sold on the you know the just the the management strategy of eight-year-old and older rams you know full or most a lot of them are full curl um just that full curl management strategy of like that protects the resource enough to allow it to rebound to that level again. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, all that there were, there weren't really any or very many, very few eight year old, uh, full curl Rams when they started, you know, when they like put that into, into effect, at least in some of these real heavily hunted areas that he, that Wayne talked about in his book. Um, but guess like it recovered and like the you know in the central alaska range had a crash that was every bit this bad in the night like 1990 and it eventually recovered and it was pretty doggone good after that but uh yeah this the one proposal was to basically eliminate the ability like eliminate aging them as a as an way, option as an option which hmm. it just seems stupid to me i like the argument is that people are because they can't find full curl rams are like killing a lot of sublegal rams because they're trying to age them. And I just don't think that's true. Like, yeah. You, you know, you didn't go, but I like, you know, we went to that presentation that Brad Windling did a while back, just kind of like post cheap hunt 
hunting like status of where things are at and like the indicated that there weren't wasn't any higher rate of sublegal rams killed and maybe even less you know i don't know the total number but um overall harvest is significantly down and if the the rate of sublegals isn't way through the roof like i mean maybe in some cases that's a reasonable concern like that's something i think is worth being very careful about but um yeah i think it would be just stupid to just say say that you can you're trying to kill eight year old rams and you can't kill a ram if he's eight and you know it just because of what someone might do yeah that doesn't make any sense to me especially if it's not actually i mean if it's actually like if there's a huge percentage of you know a huge increase in sublegal ram take you know that's going to be detrimental to the resource i could i could either see i could understand some maybe not that way but some way to address the situation but i just don't think that's the case yeah you know there's like half the sheep hunters that there were three years ago four years ago well yeah participate. and way you know and half like success rate is still like pretty much about the same from what i understand it's just less people are participating which is fine yeah you know sheep hunting's just gonna be tough for a while but well a lot of rams don't and and a lot of rams, like you know, well, are you know, some people would probably, though I know of at least one that would inter- interpret that as not full curl, that nine-year-old sheep. We've killed a number of them. The the ram that was with that one above your head, that one's barely full curl at ten. The one with him was never be full curl, and he was ten. Frank killed a twelve-year-old that was never going to be full curl. Well, the one that I got last year, we've was killed nine, like barely like, full curl. Yeah, and he was eleven or twelve. He, yeah, you know, so it's just not, not that I think that that doing that would like. I don't know that there's enough pressure even now to like eliminate strong genetics. Maybe in just like super isolated pools. I don't know. I'm not a biologist, but, um, yeah, it's just silly. You're just leaving like because there's a good percentage of sheep that will never be full curl, and I don't recommend like people go out and. You know, like fishing game, like kind of discourages people shooting them on age, understandably so, or like, like not that they'll scold you for it if you, you know, but you got to be very, very careful. And you, I mean, mm-hmm. you know that, and a lot of people know that it just seems dumb. It's just dumb. You know, people are just pulling at the air, trying to come up with things that are, that are going to make the sheep recover faster. And it's just not going to happen quick. Yeah. yeah. Well, and um, I don't know if this is a popular point of view, but this when they they shut that down up north in, in the brooks there, like who does that affect? And it's not like there's the people that can afford, yeah, you know, to, yeah, to fly exactly. out. But then there's the working class people who just want to go out there and be able to sheep hunt, and that's yeah. ultimately who you're really affecting. That's here. who you're affecting, and so you know, like even having the normal amount of pressure up there with the amount of sheep that are there now. Like it's not, it's not like you're going to have a crazy amount of. So I mean, I think that every sublegal ram is going to get a little bit additional scrutiny that you know more scrutiny maybe than they would. But I don't know that there's going to be that many more. You know, at least give people the chance. It's not like it's, it's pretty well established that that like that your people's presence in the mountains for a couple weeks or in ten August. days basically in August. You know, by halfway through sheep season, no one's hunting sheep anymore, effectively, or or the art. You know, and to not even do do anything on the archery corridor, which is like zero impact. Yeah, 
like none. Like more Rams probably like I almost can guarantee more Rams get killed by avalanches every year in the corridor than ten years of bow hunting. Yep. It's just silly, you know. That that to me that just indicate just like adds more fuel, throws more fuel on the fire of like you know, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory, but like all my stuff, you, you get to like thinking, man, am I just a conspiracy theorist? When you're like, yeah, I don't think the motivation for closing that is what they say, what they said it was. Yeah. You know, so I just don't think it's genuinely about recovery. I'm sure some people probably buy that, but I don't think that it's reasonable. I don't think it's really about it, recovering the sheep population. And not scientific. We talked about fun sheep hunting stuff, and now I guess we're just getting <laughs> mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We but need to, uh, we need to end it on a good subject. We were going to uh, gonna go to Kodiak in the spring. Nice. So we're pretty excited about that. Because your wife drew the brown bear tag, right? Amanda's got the, uh, the, yeah, the brown bear tag for down there. Um, and so really excited about that. Well, that's going to be a... 300 PRC will work on that. That's exactly Actually, right. Actually, well, for my... my uh, my uncle's stepdaughter, I uh, Drew had she came on the podcast that last year. Was it last year? Or the year I can't. The years kind of like blend together at this point. But yeah, my uncle took her down. They loaded up for some two twelve ELDXs in her thirty out six. Oh, perfect! So she killed her bear with perfect. Yeah, Amanda's shooting that great. You also, um, you know, made uh, got a perfect recipe together for the three seventy five that you. Oh yeah, the three set three seventy five Ruger. That ammo yep. is going is gone places. Yep, I loaded you some up, and then I'm like, man, I only got ten. Or I can't. Maybe I loaded you a box, and then I had my stash, and that's Rob McIntosh, who was on the podcast a while ago. Then I gave him fifty, and I had ten bullets left, and so I loaded them up, and just that's what I carried in my sleeve on my stock for my backup. You know, for backup. Yep. on my three seventy five this year. Yep. So we got that to look forward to. Lots of uh, probably ice fishing this winter too. Yep. We just got what. Like 12 inches of snow last night, too. Yeah. So the kids are burning holes in the front yard in the snow machine. Rap, rap. <laughs> yep. Yep. All the fun stuff is. I need to find snowing. a new cowling. This little, uh, if anyone out there has extra cowling for a 2008 Skidoo Mini Z 120, ours is in severe disrepair. It's going to be Frankenstein if I have to fix it up. <laughs> if I have to actually, like, both, you know stitch that thing back together it's 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 seen better days but uh is he gonna is he still able buyer. to use it jed could use it he's getting kind of big though is for he? it really i mean he can drive the the old cheetah around oh so perfect he's just getting so big so quick yeah yeah but sadie can drive the right the mini z but yeah you can. yeah it's gonna there's a lot of stuff to look forward to in winter i'm, I'm excited Yep, putting the draw tags together too, and um, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one did you say you wanted me to put you in for this year? Kodiak. Yeah, he wants Kodiak to get a Kodiak, brown bear. get a brown bear too. Nice. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do that in two years. We'll see. <laughs> He'll probably draw. I can't afford time. these trips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to be moonlighting. Ah, I'm gonna keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I gotta afford all five kids trying to get because now we got. You know, we got Hunter that sheep. Um, obviously, you know Colton has been talking to uh, to Jed a ton. It's so funny when they, them two get away from each other, and uh, Colt will be asking me, "Hey, so um, you know, 
where do I shoot or where do I shoot a bear when we're bear hunting? Or you're yeah. just talking about the things that him and Jed are, are talking yeah. about and that and Colton's. Yeah. Same age as Jed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's pretty fun to, to hear them all enjoy and having these, these conversations away from us even. Yeah. That's rewarding. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. Well, awesome guys. Well, I'll let you get, let you get back to it, but appreciate you coming over. It's fun to, fun to hear the story, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Yeah. All right, everybody. If you, uh, you enjoy Tundra Talk, I'd appreciate it if you leave a good review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. And, uh, you can also find Tundra Talk on Patreon if you feel so inclined to support the podcast in that way. But I should have a more, you know, more merch, like I said, more, hoodies and stuff coming this winter available and i would rather give you something solid for your money so all right uh yeah if you got any comments or questions email tundertalk podcast at tundertalkak.com thanks